Excellent, excellent. Um, so, now as we talked about off the top, what today's session's really focused on is how to find a good digital marketing partner and what to look for. Um, I also call this session how not to F up and waste a bunch of money like I did in the past as well. Um, and really the whole concept behind today's session, like we said earlier, is as more and more people are ramping up their digital marketing efforts right now, um, people are starting to look for outside outsource partners to work with. Um, and I liked how David put it earlier, it's not a one size fits all, right? Um, there's, I would say, within reason, there's not, you know, good companies and bad companies. Um, it's more of, you know, are people the right fit for you? So really what we want to talk about today is some lessons that we've learned and, you know, how you can kind of avoid some of these as you start to look for partners to work with. And for those of you who don't know me or, or haven't been around TechConnects for a number of years, before I had ThinkFuel, I was a part owner in a mid-sized tech company in Markham, and I oversaw the sales and the marketing teams before I left and, and started ThinkFuel. Um, and this presentation is all about the lessons I learned during that time. In fact, this presentation that we're doing today, I just rebranded under the new company, but it is almost identical to one I gave about five years ago um, under the different banners. So this isn't, um, you know, how ThinkFuel is the, the best marketing company you want to work with. These are lessons and things that I learned and cut my teeth on uh, in my previous career that, you know, I wanted to do differently when I started my own company, but hopefully you guys can learn from them as well. So. Uh, as always, if you have any questions as we go through it, just jump in. Don't worry about using the chat or anything like that. Just come off mute, interrupt me, ask the questions. Uh, the more discussion we have, the more that everyone's probably going to get out of this. So don't be afraid to jump in. So I want to start off by setting the stage of why most small mid-sized businesses are outsourcing all or part of their marketing program. Um, does anybody have any thoughts or ideas on why that might be? For me, I would say it's just you, you have a smaller team and you don't necessarily have the resources yourself to uh, a lot to being able to have like a full-time marketing team. Yep, that's, that's, that's the, the main part of it. Absolutely. Um, and to expand off of what Kelly just said, here are at a high level the skill sets that you need to do quote unquote digital marketing today right you need people who are familiar in all of these now here's the fun part if you condensed as many of these skill sets into as few roles as possible um, and when i say that what i'm talking about is that you know somebody who can do website development as an example probably isn't um, like a copywriter or a blogger, right? Those are, you know, two different sides of the brain. Um, most people know how to code, don't know how to write really engaging content. Um, most people who know how to build communities and engage with people on social media um, don't re aren't really, um, you know, SEO experts and things like that. So if you combine all of these into as few people as possible, it comes out that you need about four to five people on staff. Um, now, if you look at the pay scale guide for those four to five people, 
um, and you use the average annual salary in Toronto for those people, how much do you think those, let's say four people would cost you? About 250,000. Any other guess? I think so, yeah. Around 200,000. Anyone else? Number actually on average works out to be $337,000 in salary. Hmm. So when we ask the question, why do SMBs outsource all or part of their, their marketing is that most SMBs don't have a $300,000 marketing budget, right? Um, and then again, this is just salary. It's not the tools and the software mm -hmm. and your PPC budgets and all of that that goes on top of it to make all of this happen, right? So if you really want to kind of cover your bases on the digital marketing side, you know, it's really, you know, difficult from a, a cost perspective to bring all this in-house. Any thoughts or questions or disagreements? I love disagreements too. So there's, um, you know, people have different opinions. I love to hear them. So it, maybe if you were going to be doing this on your own, is there a way, and, and these are things that you're going to, I know you'll touch on a little bit, yeah. but are there specific things that maybe are more important than others if you're going to cut down on those costs? Because as a, a small business, yeah. you, you can't cover it all. Exactly. And so, and that's a really good question, Kelly. So what I typically recommend is um, one, kind of first and foremost, like your internal mark, if you're going to partner with somebody externally as well and have an internal marketing person, that marketing person kind of needs to be your project coordinator or project manager of this task, right? They need to keep sh that agency partner on task, keep them focused on the goals, make sure things are moving in the right direction. What other skill sets should they have? They should be focused on the things that you're going to do on uh, a more frequent type basis, right? Or things that are maybe a little easier to, to do in-house. So things like running your social media, right? Writing blog articles and new content for the website. Um, doing your email marketing. So like common tasks that are, you know, you know, you might be blogging every week. So they need to, you know, having somebody who can write a blog on a weekly basis, somebody who's going to be online engaging with your social community um, on in a basically a real time basis. Things like web development, analytics, um, you know, you're going to do those few and far between. Those aren't full time roles typically for an SMB, right? Um, you get your website to a point that you like it and you might make some tweaks now and then, but you probably don't need a developer depending on your business and what you do, but you probably don't need a developer on staff, right? Um, and then there's other tasks that you see on this list that are just quite complicated, like PPC marketing, doing that properly. I know David and I've had tons of conversations about this, right? Is that PPC is not an easy um, uh, process to go through. The platforms are making it a little easier, but 
again, if you're not careful, if you're not knowledgeable about it, you're just going to waste a lot of money really quickly going through those types of things. So I would focus on bringing more of the the day-to-day -day activities in-house, things that people are going to do on a regular basis, and then partnering for the other side of it. Any other thoughts? I think uh, you could have added video blogging here as well, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, Akalin. Um, yeah, video production, video blogging, things like that, depending on your industry and how you're doing it, um, are really good ones in there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, video could be a whole topic on its own. Um, but a lot of the times, I think, you know, one piece of advice for it is don't get hung up on the idea that everything has to be perfect, right? There's, you know, you're, you're not, uh, you're not in Hollywood, you're not making, you know, a blockbuster film, um, you know, don't let perfection be the enemy of execution on that. Any other questions on that? Okay. So one of the other thing I'm gonna do throughout today's presentation is I have a, a couple of stories and I promise you even as you'll see, like some of these just sound so absurd. These are actually real scenarios that happened to me with different marketing companies I was working with in my previous uh, company. And these were the moments when I'm like, okay, it's time to walk away from that uh, marketing agency and find a new partner. So uh, the first one, you know, I reach out to our marketing partner and I explain to them that, you know, we're not getting, we're not hitting our goals. We've been doing this for a while. We've been spending a lot of money. And I really need to see a detailed breakdown of where my money's being spent and how we're going to get this back on track. And his reply was, you don't need to bore yourself with the technical details. It's a bunch of guys in basements pounding away on keyboards. Um, so that was the moment that uh, I told them that we weren't gonna be renewing our agreement with them and uh, we were done and we were, we were gonna walk away from that. So, um, the moral behind this one is that, you know, digital marketing can be um, involved. It can be complex. Sometimes if you're not intimately familiar with it, um, it can be easy for some companies to just try to like throw technical jargon at you or brush things off as like, you know, you don't need to worry about this and that. Um, my, my advice to people is take the time to learn about the services people are doing and where you want to go, right? Educate yourself on what you're buying. Um, you don't necessarily go in and buy a car and only take, you know, the salesperson's word for everything, right? You're going to do some of your own research and investigation into that beforehand. So you're an educated buyer and working with somebody like this is, is no different. Kevin, my question on this is how long did it take you to get to that point? So, um, because obviously you've got to go through a little bit of a process and then see that the goals aren't being met and it's not something within a couple of weeks, right. I'm assuming, right? Yep. So how, in, in this case, maybe how long did it take you to get to this point? Yeah, so in this case, it was actually about a 12 uh, to 15 month window when we had this, okay. this conversation. Um, some of the things that you're gonna do in digital marketing take a long time to see the, the results, right? If you're doing SEO properly and blogging properly and, and doing all that type of stuff, it's, it used to be, I used to tell people 18 to 24 months is what you're looking at. 
um, unless you're blogging every single day and you're doing an awesome job with your SEO. But, you know, 18 to 24. Um, things have sped up a lot more since then. And now I typically look at about a nine month window for stuff. Um, but I always say too that that doesn't mean that at nine months, there's a lights flip just switch and you go from zero to, to 60, right? There should be incremental improvements over time, but that's when you start to kind of hit that stride and everything starts working well together. Um, other tactics though, such as uh, like PPC ads, um, typically uh, I would say, you know, you, you want to give them a minimum of about eight weeks or two months um, to run properly, get the, you know, have time to refine ad copy to what's working, um, refine uh, audience targets and things like that. Because PPC, even though, you know, I could develop something today, launch it today, and, and my ads are showing tomorrow morning, um, there's going to be some tweaks and adjustments. It's never perfect right out of the gate. So with things like that, yeah, I would typically say you got to give it, a, you know, eight weeks or so. Any other questions? Okay. Um, so do they offer the right types of services for you? So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about like the planning side and um, what, you know, what to look for, right? And so these are some of the questions and ideas that you want to work through any prospective partner you're talking to, because, you know, SEO on its, on its own is not enough anymore right? You can't just go in and say, okay, I'm going to change these five things on every one of our pages and I'm going to have long-term success. Uh, you need to focus on inbound marketing, which uses tools like content, like SEO, like link building, social media, PPC, and everything else like that to support it. So what we want to find out is things like, um, you know, do they offer traffic generation, lead generation, and lead to customer analytic focused services. And that's a mouthful, but basically, you know, do they help you from building awareness all the way through converting those people into customers, if that's what you're looking for, right? And do they back it up with numbers and data, right? I'm a big fan of everything needs to be tracked and reported on. And with digital marketing, that's a lot easier now than it ever was before. So, you know, if, if people just keep saying, oh, it takes time, it takes time, it takes time, but they're not showing you numbers or data to support that you're at least trending in the right direction on things like traffic to your website, on you know where you're positioned in search rankings and things like that, that's when you know some red flags start to go off. Um, talk about what tactics that they use to deliver um, their service packages. So. You know, are they just going to do PPC as an example? Um, and for some people, that's a fine tactic. My concern with PPC or paid ads is that it's not, you're not building any value long-term, right? Because as soon as you stop paying for your ads, your leads dry up. You haven't built any, you know, organic ranking so that you're, you're there. So you want to, you know, ideally find somebody who's going to bring a mixture of that to the table or complement what you're doing in-house already. And then always ask for examples, case studies, um, you know, any information about existing clients that, you know, where they've delivered success, right? Um, 
and, and how they got them there. What services were used to get them there and is this similar to what they're recommending for you? Kevin, to go back on the, um, the tactic side of it, when you say like what tactics do they use, are there specific things that maybe you should be looking out for that would, um, just trying to think of how to ask this, but that would lend it to being a little bit better for yourself because you're saying, yeah, you don't want to just use the PPC. So what are other, some, what are other areas maybe you should look for? Yeah. would suggest. So I, I start off by, you know, kind of bucketing things into to two main buckets. One is it, um, there's tactics to get things in the door quickly, and then there's stuff to build um, like a foundation or something that's sustainable, right? So things like ads would be in that quick bucket, right? It's not a sustainable approach. Well, I mean, if you have an unlimited ad budget, sure. But um, they can start getting leads in the door quickly so you can start funding other types of marketing activities. The more sustainable stuff is things like blogging, link building, um, SEO and those types of things, right? And I like to see a mixture. Now, if you're doing your blogging and everything internally and you've got a really sound SEO package internally, you might only need to partner for PPC, right? Mm -hmm. If that's what you're looking to expand on. Um, and then within those buckets, um, I would be looking for things like, um, are they bringing people, like, do they have tactics that are going to generate awareness or drive people to our site? So that's things like SEO, um, right? So being there when people are looking for what you do. Um, those are things like, um, you know, link building or guest posting and, and those types of uh, tools as well. Uh, do they have tools in there or a plan in place to how to convert those people once they're on your site? So, you know, it's great. Somebody comes in, reads our blog articles, thinks, oh, that was interesting, and then they leave. How do we convert those people who are reading our blogs or on other parts of our website into people who will have a conversation with us? So that might be things like having white papers or playbooks or guides or checklists to help convert more people. Um, it might be... Um, doing like what we call conversion rate optimization, which is testing different elements on page. Like, well, what happens if we put a form up here, right? Um, to see if different things will generate more leads for you. Um, and then you could go all the way down through, um, you know, converting those people into to customers as well through things like automation or sales enablement tools and things like that too. Okay, thanks. Absolutely. Um, one thing I'm really big on is understanding what's their process, right? Processes let you know that they have a structure in place. Structure lets you know that they've done it before. If they've done it before and they've been around long enough, obviously their, their plan works. Something that usually goes along with this process and this validation is what's their, the average tenure of their, their client base, right? Like how often do people renew? What's their drop-off rate and things like that? Cause that starts to give you an idea of how successful they are. So questions you might want to ask is, you know, given our understanding of our situation, what we're trying to accomplish, how much money we have to throw at this um, and, you know, any challenges in terms of like limitations or tools that we have, 
Um, what's your plan? What do we do first, second, and third? Kind of want to see what that looks like mapped out. And then based along that, um, you know, how does your, our, our situation uh, and the plan that you're recommending match that of any customers that you've worked with in the past? So how does this align with other people you've had success with? And um, what do you see as the most important and critical piece of this whole plan of the inbound marketing to address our business goals? Because again, like if you came to us and said, hey, our goal, um, well, as, as an example, I'll tell you a real world one where um, somebody came to us and they needed to get the uh, people who signed up for their Kickstarter uh, to increase by over the next two months. Well, SEO, link building, blogging, none of that is going to do that. This has to be strictly, you know, a PPC campaign um, and social media campaigns, right? Something that's going to have um, instant returns on it, right? So if your goal was to drive more leads over the next um, three months, well, SEO and those long-term plans aren't going to accomplish it. So how do they line up with their tactics and your goals? Um, and so the other thing I'd like to talk about too, is like any good salesperson, when your partner or this agency is talking to you, they should be listening first and then pitching based off of your specific goals and challenges. Um, and most importantly, they shouldn't be afraid to challenge you if your goals or are unreasonable or short-sighted. Um, so, um, you know, ask questions like, how does each piece of what you're proposing take aim at the challenges and my goals, right? So go through line item by line item. If they're offering link building service, make sure you understand how link building plays into achieving your overall goals, all right? And of course, what's the time frame for achieving these goals? And I like to make sure that everybody is on the same page um, for this right out of the gate. It should be documented, it should be agreed upon. Of here's what our goals are, here's the timeline. Um, because it's, um, you know, you're just gonna get into those conversations where if you're not on the same page and if you don't have like an agreement of what you're aiming for, um, you have an idea in your head, they have an idea in their head and they're probably nowhere near the same. So, you know, one, without your goals, I don't even understand how someone could put together a proposal for you. So being um, in, aligned on those types of goals right from day one is, is super important. Um, one thing I will say sitting on this side of the desk though, and I try to avoid it now, um, and just something to be cautious of when you're talking to people, when somebody gives you a range, um, whether it's time or budget, don't automatically just assume that it's the, the best case scenario. Um, you know, we used to say, well, you're gonna see results in six to nine months. And then everybody always expected it at six, right? Uh, so even if we delivered at seven, we were still ahead of that nine month um, uh, range that we provided, but we were a month late in their eyes. So be really clear on it um, and try to avoid uh, ranges. Any questions on those so far? So next story, um, and again, I promise you these are all true, sadly. 
so Ivan, tell me what's new in with your company these days. How are things changing in the industry? Um, what do we need to be aware of, right? Let me tell you, this company just moved in across the hall from us and they're running a cam girl business from there. You should see these girls. Um, they're gorgeous. You wouldn't believe how much money they make. Again, real conversation I had and, and turned around and fired the person afterwards. Um, I'm always looking for people to come to me with new insights, new ideas, how things are changing to keep me up to date and keep me educated on it. Doesn't mean that, again, going back to buying a new car example, um, that I strictly just take that person's word for it 100% of the time. I want to do my own research and investigation into stuff. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's important to have a partner who's focused on what's changing, what's coming next for you. Um, so is the company you're looking at uh, inbound optimized, if that's what you want to go for, is, is the inbound marketing approach. So it used to be, you know, way back when, when all we wanted to do was only SEO. That's all we ever talked about, uh, anybody, uh, any company talked about, is that you would go to Google, you would search for SEO companies, and the top three people would obviously get your phone calls because they got to the top three of Google and you want to do that too. Um, inbounds usually a little bit different. Um, so, but again, you just kind of want to still validate that the tactics that they're talking about, the tactics that they're using are the same things that they're using themselves, right? Um, you want to ask them about what they've learned about doing it for their own business that are, they're carrying through to what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and, you know, how does what they're proposing for you align with what they're doing on the, their own side, right? Um, so talking about um, focus, so there are two trains of thoughts on this. So one question that, you know, you get usually um, want to ask and is usually thrown out is, have you worked on my industry before? Um, and this is, you know, there's not usually a gray answer when it comes to you guys, the buyers on this, is that you either want to work with people who are familiar with your industry or you want somebody who has nothing to do with your industry because you're in your mind, you're thinking, well, you're just going to be playing our, ourselves off of one another. Um, I prefer when I was in this role was to work with people who had experience in our space. If you have a technical or a complicated sale product or service, um, it will take a lot of knowledge to explain that to people who don't know it, right? As an example, a lot of our customers are in like the workflow business automation space. And, you know, uh, they do a lot with accounts receivable automation, right? And us understanding what, you know, DSO stands for the impact that it has on their customers and what reducing that means uh, makes it a lot easier for us to write blog content, guest posts, build out calls to action, things like that, than them trying to explain that to somebody who has no idea what DSO stands for. Um, now, on the flip side, if you have a pretty simplistic um, and I, and I don't mean that in a bad sense, but 
if you have a, a product or a service that is easy to understand, right? If you sold coffee mugs, right? People understand, can, can quickly understand what the value of your coffee mug is, right? Why your insulation is better than somebody else's um, and things like that. And in which case, if it wasn't a super complicated thing to understand, I would definitely be looking for who is just the best at inbound and SEO because I can explain this topic and product and service to them very easily. Um, if you do work with somebody who's has experience in your industry, um, you want to ask them about like who are some of the thought leaders and key blogs that they know about in this industry. And if they're not familiar with your industry, then you want to know what's their plan to find out about your industry and educate themselves because it can't all just come from you, right? Because there's got to be some competitive insights and knowledge brought into that uh, equation as well. Um, so how involved will your team has to be, right? Um, I would say that you want to hire a team that's going to leverage your internal expertise to help make everything easier and make everything aligned to you. Because a lot of the times, you know, people will say, well, just go out and read some other blogs and, and copy what you see there and, and just make it unique for us. And that's sure that's a tactic, but that doesn't answer the question of how do you do it differently than other people and how do you do something specifically? Um, and that has to come from your inside expertise, right? Um, what your customers' current challenges are, what they're struggling with, um, case studies, things like that, all, that all comes from your internal expertise. So, you know, ideally, yeah, you'd like to get people from executive level, operations, production, sales, kind of all the way through involved into it. And then you want to know to what extent um, do you plan on using our team for content creation, ideas, information, so you can understand what the impact and the time involved is going to be. Um, how do you going to make the most use of their time? And how, is, um, how has this worked well for you in the past or not worked well? Right? And so to give you an example, um, a walkaway story around this is I never had a bad experience with an external company doing this. But there was a time I decided to bring our marketing in-house and I hired uh, a person to kind of be, you know, take on the stuff that I was outsourcing that I couldn't do myself. And so talked to her and I said, hey, um, I want you to arrange a company or a call with you and our customer at ABC. Uh, we just finished a really good project with them and I want to do a case study, a blog and a webinar about it. And they respond with, can you just give me the gist of it so I don't have to talk to them? All right, well, uh, that doesn't really work. Um, then I asked them again later, I said, you know, um, I just looked at the new blogs that you wrote for us. Why do they have our competitor's name in them? And again, not kidding when I say this, she said, oh, I copied the content from somebody else's blog because I thought they were well-written and they forgot to change the name. Um, so that's an issue. Um, and then the moment when that led to our final, you're fired moment is, you know, I want you to do a series on, you know, a day in the life of the people who work here. So go through all the different roles from sales, productions, operations, everything. And I want a blog piece written about each of those roles because we can actually work in a ton of different really relevant keywords into those. 
And the response was, well, the people in the back don't really speak English very well and I don't want to talk to them. So that was the moment that uh, we, we got rid of that internal marketing person. Um, so, you know, these, these are real world examples, but you can start to see by how these played out um, the importance that there is in working with your internal teams and getting information from your customers and your team members internally to help build out the campaigns. Um, so if we go back to that very first slide where we talked about all of those different skill sets that companies need to have to quote unquote do digital marketing today, um, you know, there's a good chance that some of the agencies you talk to don't have all of those in-house as well and they outsource some of it, right? That's normal, that's not the end of the world. Um, but, you know, what we do wanna understand is, is what parts of it and how is that process controlled? So, you know, do you do it all in-house or do you outsource some of it? If they do it in-house, who on your team specializes in what? Are we gonna work directly with those people? Do we have one point of contact? How do we make sure that the knowledge gets transferred to, to whoever's doing the work properly? And if they outsource it, what parts, to whom, how long have you worked with them? Do you have service agreements in place with these people? Um, is it another company you outsource to or freelance contract workers? Because, you know, one of the challenges with freelancers is, you know, they could get hired and move somewhere else, right? They could stop doing what they're doing. Um, and that kind of puts a, a big wrench into all of your plans and, uh, and goals. So I'm not saying it's bad if they don't do everything under one roof, but it's, you know, just something you want to know going in. The more information you know about what's going to happen, the better overall. Any questions so far? Uh, Kevin, yeah, I want to talk about something you mentioned earlier when just talking about uh, different things that you could do in-house and then outsourcing out of. Uh, when you're looking for inbound marketing and SEO, yep. what's the best way of looking for? Uh, what's the what's the best way of inbound marketing that isn't SEO? Would you say it's like PPC or like Google Ads? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, PPC is going to. Um, definitely drive a lot. Well, if, if as long as they're configured properly and you've got a, you know, a reasonable ad budget associated with them. Um, I say reasonable because it's, it's not super cheap to do PPC ads. Um, so if you said, Hey, we want to get a hundred new leads and we have $50 to spend, I'm going to tell you that's not realistic. Right. Um, so that is, that's kind of your, your quick and fast approach. Um, like we talked about earlier though, with your, your PPC side, you are not going to, um, you're not building anything sustainable or long-term, right? Because as soon as you shut your ads off, um, everything else is, is done. Um, they typically have a higher cost per acquisition because of all of that, because of all the hard costs associated with it, um, but they get quicker results. Um, so in terms of, you know, what works, uh, PPC is one example. Um, you know, if you're looking at doing like content marketing, so blogging and things like that, it, they still have to have a massive SEO component 
to those. Um, that's one of the biggest challenges I see people who hire somebody, bring them internally and say, we just write blogs for us. Um, if you don't understand SEO, then your blogs aren't going to get the eyes on them that they should. Um, and a lot of people go, well, you know, I don't know how much we really have to understand because we've got this like plugin for WordPress that tells us everything. Um, you know, something like a Yoast or a Rank Math. And the problem with those is they assume you're starting with the right keyword, right? So you might call your product or service one thing. Um, the rest of the world might refer to it as something slightly different. Right. So if you're not validating and, and have knowledge about how to find the right keywords and validate intent and volume and all of those types of things, um, then you're you can blog all day long, but you're not bringing the right people in. So um, the what other, I've been doing lately for keywords is Uber suggest. Is that an effective way to look at? Yeah. Yeah. Uber suggest is a is a really good tool. Um, you can download the Chrome plugin. You can sign up for a free account with them. Um, and you can plug in your keywords and say, okay, um, here's what I think people call it. Um, it will tell you variations of that. It will tell you your search volumes based on the geography that you've specified. Um, and it'll give you a lot of really good information back on that. Um, the only thing, and I don't think Uber suggests, at least their free one, I don't think um, tells you is to really important things from an SEO perspective that a lot of people um, tend to, to, well, a lot of those tools don't tell you unless you get into the more expensive paid ones is how long should your content be, right? Can you write a 600 word blog or do you have to write a 1500 word blog? Um, and that, I mean, you could do that on your own, um, figure that out because it's essentially you want to be slightly longer than the average of the people who are in the top 10 now. So type in your keyword, go to every one of those pages, run a tool on it to see how many words they have, figure out the average and write about 10% longer than that. Um, the other one is what they call semantically related keywords. So those are again, they're keywords that at least two or more of your rivals in the top 10 have in common that are related to your core keyword. And you wanna make sure those are in there. Those again, you could do that manually. It's it's a kind of a grueling activity to do it manually. There are tools out there that will, will tell you those as well. Um, and then kind of the, the third way that you could do inbound um, that's sustainable, that doesn't require you to know a ton of SEO would be um, uh, link building. So, as long as you've got a, a good website and it's structured properly and you start building backlinks to your website, so links on other people's websites back to yours, um, you can start to notice an increase in your overall traffic uh, that way as well in your rankings because those backlinks are virtual endorsements of your business essentially. Um, I would be really careful doing backlinks um, because if you, do them in an inappropriate manner. Google can flag it as basically seeing that you're you're paying for this or you're you're kind of cheating the system. They're not happening organically, which is always what they're looking for. Um, so they're one of the ones that you can get penalized for if you do it incorrectly. Um, where like SEO, if you do it incorrectly, 
you're not penalized, you're just not going to rank as well. Um, but backlinks, you can actually get penalized if you're, if you're not doing it properly. Does that answer your question? It, it does. Thank you, Kevin. Oh, perfect. Um, okay, so moving on, um, the agencies that you're working with should really want to, to run their side of the show, right? You're going to be involved. You're going to be making sure that they're on track and everything's going properly. You're going to filter down what they need from you. Um, you're going to hold them to responsibilities, goals, and deadlines, but they should be motivated to drive the tasks that they own, right? So some of the things that you're going to want to talk through them is, you know, what types of requests, technical or otherwise, do you anticipate making of us when we kick off this project? So what do we need to give you to get going? Um, what types of requests are you gonna make to us over the, the course of the engagement so that we can continue to feed you the information you need? And then the, the last one there is, you know, what project management software or tools or anything like that do they use to track and measure? Um, and, you know, don't be afraid to ask them if, you know, if you'll be getting access to, you know, even if it's a guest account to their project management software, so you can, you know, log in and have a look at progress as it's going through as well. On the anal analysis side, um, we really want to focus on how are they going to track, measure, and report on success. Um, so, you know, um, how will you be measuring what you're proposing? So we've had these goals. How do you measure the goals? How often are you going to report to us on the metrics that we agreed on and how we're, we're trending? And what adjustments can be made if certain metrics are underperforming, right? Um, so, you know, what's the timeline of how many, you know, weeks, days, months, whatever, before you say, okay, we need to make a change. And how do you identify that and actually start to make those changes? Um, so another walkaway story, I realized I forgot to change this, it should be for number four. Um, but this is when I reached out to somebody and I said, you know, I was just reading about how Google changed their algorithms and it's launching next month. Um, what are you guys doing to address these changes so that we continue to rank well? And they wrote back and they said, hey, well, we haven't really looked into it much, but I'm guessing we should be fine. Uh, well, what makes you say that? No response, no response. Um, it can happen where you outgrow the agency you're working with. If you have somebody internally who's working as like your marketing manager, marketing coordinator, and is educating themselves and continuing to grow and build out things internally, you can find um, if that person's doing their job and your marketing company is not growing as well, that you'll start to come to them with a lot more ideas and changes and suggestions than they're coming to you with. Something to watch out for because um, if they're not staying on top of things, then they're, they're really not thinking of how they're not really thinking much past week to week uh, when they should be thinking, you know, quarter to quarter or year to year for your goals. Um, and that ties into transparency, right? So um, what tools, resources, and software are they using to execute on what they're talking about? Will you have access and be able to use this software as well? Are they going to train you on it? 
Um, and going back again to the analytics, how often will you share wins and progress with us, right? We want everything to be open. You should really, they should want you to see everything that they see, right? Um, some of the other important ones around transparency too is, is who owns the assets that are created. Um, you know, do you gonna be using our portals and our accounts for tools or your own? And what happens when things go south? And it's really important in my opinion that they do use your portals and accounts. Um, so one of the common ones that I don't love, although I understand the reason why some people do it is a lot of companies, when you start a, like a PPC engagement for you for, with them, they build all of your ads and everything in their portal. And once you end the contract, they close down that portal and they take away everything with you. Um, in my opinion, if you paid the setup fee, if you paid for the keyword research and all of those things that went along with it, those should be put into your Google Ads account. You should own that when, um, when people walk away or people change, right? Or if you decide to change vendors. Um, so that's something to, to keep in mind there as well. Um, and as well as their flexibility in the program, right? So if they come to you and say, okay, well, based on what you're talking about, we think we need to do two blogs a month. We need to do this with SEO and we need to do this with link building. But what happens if things change, right? Because our marketing, most people's marketing programs looked a lot different on January 1st than they did on, you know, March 1st or April 1st this year, right? Um, so can you change? Can things alter or um, uh, need to be adjusted? Is there a cost associated with that? Are you locked into any specific term? What's the cancellation policy look like if we do wanna move forward, right? Um, so that's just something to keep in mind as well. And just wrapping up here. So kind of the summary and wrapping it all up together here is that you always want to ask a lot of questions. Um, you really want a really clear understanding of what it's going to look like to work together. You want that picture painted for you. Talk to some of their customers, things like that to get an idea for it. Um, cost is important. I mean, you know, things need to be aligned and things need to be meeting your budget and things to that effect. Um, but finding somebody who aligns with you and that you can work well and understands what you're trying to accomplish should be more important than that. Um, make sure that you're not gonna outgrow them. Um, it's a little hard to do up front, but you can always ask questions about those types of things. Um, understand how much time you're gonna be putting into this and what your requirements are rounded on and really agree on what success means and how long it will take to get there. Um, so that's, you know, brings us right to 9.30 on the dot. How about that, Kelly? Um, and uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate the questions and the feedback. And uh, if anyone has anything else to bring up or any other questions, I'm happy to address them. Any questions? Kevin, I have a question. Let's say you are running a PPC ad and the traffic is coming in, but it's not converting into customers. What would you do? Um, so I would start uh, twofold is that 
one, if you're getting traffic and they're not converting, I would want to look at where we're directing them. Like what's the landing page look like? Is there things that we can do better to convert there? Are there things that we're, you know, maybe missing or not following best practices on? Um, if you had a really solid landing page, um, then I would go back to the audience and the keywords that you're using for that campaign. Um, you know, as an example, um, you know, we have a lot of customers in the B2B space, but, some, you know, we'll get through leads or, or people um, who are looking for like their types of services, but more for a B2C need. Um, and we want to make sure that we're adjusting our audience targeting to eliminate those people, adjust our ad copy to, you know, speak more to business users and personal users. So I usually start with the, uh, the landing page, make sure that's configured and, and optimized properly. And if it is, then I would move on to the audience targeting. Okay, thank you. Anything else? Uh, there's one idea that you touched upon just before about how like content doesn't always equal like traffic. So like you mentioned that before, so it's more so like for every time we build out like say a client's website, we have to really pay attention to each of the keywords that are being you know, be put in and make sure that they're gonna drive the traffic to like it's just, it's just not the content alone that will drive that. It, exactly, yeah. I mean, you can write really amazing blog articles, but if there's not a keyword strategy behind that article, um, it, it's not going to, I mean, it'll rank for something. It's not going to rank for what you have in your mind though. Right. 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 Um, and I think that's one thing people overlook too, is that, you know, every page or blog article or anything on your site has to have its own keyword strategy. Right. And they shouldn't repeat Right. I shouldn't have five blogs that are all, you know, targeting marketing peer group because now I'm competing against myself and I'm cannibalizing myself. Um, but, you know, marketing peer group Toronto, marketing peer group Markham and marketing peer group on its own. Those are actually three different key phrases and there's nothing wrong with targeting those in three different blog articles. Right. And also I was wondering for multimedia content that you can be putting up, like say a podcast or a video, is there a different way of optimizing it? Yeah. Um, what we tend to like to do, uh, because, you know, um, for the most part, um, Google still doesn't understand, like it, it doesn't listen to your audio and instantly understand what that podcast is about. Right. Um, so we use a service called uh, Rev, R-E-V.com, and they're a transcription service. You just upload them your audio or your video file, and they'll have a, a human transcribe it for, I think it's like a a dollar ten US per minute. Um, so it's okay. really inexpensive to do. Um, I know some people, they have a machine transcription option as well. Some people have used that and found really good results. And then what we'll do is we'll have the video at the top of the blog or like the walkthrough up there. We'll have the whole transcription of it down below. So you're oh, still getting all those keywords, right? Yeah. Um, and all the content without having, um, you know, to, to type it all out yourself. Okay. I was wondering about that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, what are your thoughts on um, 
we've been getting a few emails lately saying, oh, we see your, your blogs or we see the articles that you put, which to me is, you know, as you know, we've linked them back to like your site or whatever, for instance. And uh, we can write the following things for you for free. Yep. So, to me, is there a catch to that? Is there a reason people want to do that? Is it a scam? No. So, so what it is, is um, they are, it's, it's one of the tactics for backlink building, right? Is going out and finding people who regularly blog and approaching them to write content for them. And the catch there is, is that they're going to want to embed a backlink to somebody else's website on it, right? So, um, you know, they might have a customer in the technology space. They're going to write a blog for you and somewhere in there, they'll link back to their customer um, so that they're creating a backlink for them. You kind of... Um, there's, there's not really a downside for you using this. The, the questions that I would ask is, one, can we see some examples of blogs that you've written for other people along these lines, right? Because you want to make sure that they're going to match your tone, brand, and voice, and everything like that if it's going to go up on your site, right? Like you don't want to post garbage mm -hmm. on the TechConnects website. Um, and two, I would ask them, is this going to be unique content specifically to our site, right? Or are they pitching and giving the exact same article to five other sites, mm -hmm. right? Because if they're doing that, then it has no SEO value to you, right? Um, and because, uh, you know, content needs to be at least 80% unique to be considered unique, mm -hmm. right? Um, so if, if they're going to give you unique content for your site, you're okay with the links that they're going to embed in it and the writing style matches what you're looking for, by all means, you can take them up on that offer. It just gets more content onto your site. Um, you know, and I guess another follow-up question to that too would be, you know, do you get final say in the content, right? Um, and the answer to that should be yes, because uh, it is your site. Okay. Yeah, because we've been getting a few emails about that, and I just found I was wary, thinking it's probably a scam of some sort. Yeah, no, that that's essentially what they're doing is that they're um, they're offering to write content for you um, to get a backlink for their customer. Okay. Okay. Any other questions? All right. Well, with that, I guess uh, we'll say thank you to Kevin. And uh, we really appreciate that. I'm just going to stop. Uh